You are listening to the According to the Technical Rules podcast, where we discuss things that matter and argue about things that don't. Listener discretion is advised. Hello. Before we start the show, we'd love to hear what you think about our podcast. If you're listening to podcasts on iTunes, uh, please leave us a review and tell us what you think or wherever you happen to be listening. The feedback is really helpful. Now on to the show. Welcome to a little bonus episode of According to the Technical Rules, Things That Matter. Uh, I am your sole host, Matt Hickman, uh, and I am joined today uh, by my friend, Kristen. Hello. Hey, Kristen. So this is a, uh, this should be part one. I guess we'll find out what the order of everything is, uh, but this should be part one in a little interview series uh, based on our last episode. The last episode, uh, Sam, Alana, and Hannah, the producer, and I had a little roundtable talking about our life experiences growing up in the purity movement and talking about I Kiss Dating Goodbye and our perspective and views of relationships. And I thought it would be a fun conversation to talk to some of our friends uh, who had different life experiences than us and to see what they think. So, Kristen is a friend, and here she is. Hey, Kristen. Hey. You've, you've heard Kristen's name before because Kristen, uh, she, she gave away treats from the Frosted Cakery in our giveaway last season. Um, so thank you, for, thank you for being here. How are you today, Kristen? I'm pretty good. Yeah. So I have questions for you. Are you ready? No. No, she's not ready. So what I need everybody to do is hit pause, give her some time to get ready, and then hit play so she can get going. Hit pause, order me a pizza, and then hit play again, <laughs> and then I'll be ready. It'll be great. That get, that gets anybody ready for anything. It's true. Uh, but here is our question. So the first question, and I'm asking everybody the same three questions, is were the ideas of the purity movement or true love weights or I Kiss Dating Goodbye, was any of that a part of your local culture when you were growing up? So in that question... You should also give us a little detail about specifically what your culture was growing up. Well, um, I would definitely say it was a part of my life growing up just in general. Um, I am, I'm from Oklahoma, about an hour from your hometown. Mm. And um, what? It's just we're close. We grew up yeah, close. We didn't yeah. even know. So, so uh that's that's kind of like culturally speaking i don't think it would be significantly different except the town i grew up in was quite a bit bigger than the town you grew up in i would say it was yeah um but uh i mean growing up like my mom um my parents are both pretty conservative and um but my mom always just encouraged and i have i also have four sisters my mom just always encouraged us to you know date and go on dates and get out there and, you know, hang out with guys. And, um, she was never, even though like my parents were pretty conservative and, um, 
she was always under the impression that, you know, if you tell teenagers, don't do this, the only thing you're going to do is that. <laughs> and they're going to fixate on that. And right. so she just kind of, um, I think both of my parents in general kind of fostered an environment of uh, trust and um, just like giving us the personal responsibility. Like they let us know what it was expected of us and then just gave us the freedom to make our own choices knowing that hmm. saying hey you like you should never do this this is off limits there's no reason for this would really only in the long, long term like probably be more damaging to us than um and let us make our mistakes you know when it, the stakes are, are still pretty low um while knowing that we were pretty good people and we didn't make like 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 i think they just trusted us to know ourselves enough to not make those mistakes um so, like, my parents never had an issue with us. Like, like my mom, even when I was, like, 14, 15 years old, she would just drop me off at, like, a guy friend's house, and that guy's parents wouldn't be home, and she'd know they weren't home. And she'd just leave me there. Like, oh. Like, she's like, make good choices, bye, you know? Um, and, which I don't know, like, maybe that was a little bit too much, but I just knew that I knew my mom expected me to be good and trusted me to be good, and so I wanted to – I didn't want to have those responsibilities taken away – Gotcha. So, like, for me, like, I think I, like, kind of self-policed, and I think my sisters had, like, kind of a similar experience where we knew what was expected, and so we lived up to those expectations. Okay, so... Because we weren't constantly being um, monitored and, like, I, I don't know. And so that idea of... So, like, dating was still pretty casual in your parents' perspective. Mm -hmm. So, like, you, you were encouraged to go on dates. You were not encouraged to think about marriage before you dated somebody. Right. Um, and really it, it seems like, like the dating was casual. Like there wasn't, it didn't necessarily have mm -hmm. to be super serious. It was getting to know people. Right. Okay. So where the, I feel like there was some like inherent conflict that came in when, um, you know, the church that we were in all growing up, um, in the youth group, we kind of hit that purity movement and, you know, everybody got a free copy of I Kissed Dating Goodbye and, you know, we went on those purity retreats like you guys were talking about. We were all, you know, like encouraged to read I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Like we did, like during regular youth group times, we would have like sessions with like panels of adults that, you know, our youth group sponsors and whatever that would um, tell us, you know, like their experience with dating and, you know you know, whatever level of intimacy they had before marriage and that kind of thing, just to, to kind of give us like, to like drive us in the right direction. And then we would go on, you know, purity retreats where, you know, we would have to like, you know, you break the girls and the guys up separately. And then you talk to them about, you know, I don't know what the guys talked about, but I know that we were like, you know, like your, your virginity is just this treasure that you can only give to one person and um, just all this stuff that now just um, when I think about it, I think about the inherent lack of value that I felt as a person aside from the fact that I was still a virgin. Like, I was like, well, this, like maybe there's nothing else about me, but I have this one valuable thing. So, you know, I'm still like. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, so I guess like in my, I wasn't like my own person. I wasn't like, you know somebody that was interesting i was just a virgin and that was it mm. like this is how i identify and like right. um i remember i made like and like this wasn't 
this was not something that like I don't even know why but like me and my friends like would go and we'd find like you know like any like little packaging that said 100% pure or like anything and we would like cut them out and make like collages and like glue them to our wallets and stuff like like being pure was like was the thing because that was like that was our identity and then um and I remember like like we all made these purity pledges like I won't touch a boy until I'm married or I won't you know like do these things and then like but when you're when you're telling this to 12 13 14 year old people that have children yeah children Children. little kids basically like that have never really had that temptation because you know their hormones aren't there yet and they're not they're not through puberty or they're like you know like their friends aren't into boys yet so we're not into like i'm not into boys because they're not into boys yet but like then when you get there and you're like oh now i'm tempted like i like this boy but i can't do anything about it for another 15 years until i'm an adult like then all of a sudden like i was like oh i made pledges and stuff without understanding the temptation does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, so, like, it's easy to say, I'm never going to eat steak, but I've never seen a steak. I've never seen anybody eat steak. I've never heard about how, like, how great right. steak is yet. So, like, oh, of course I'm never going to eat steak. Why would I want that? And then all of a sudden you go to a steakhouse and everybody's like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. And then you're like, no, I need to try that. <laughs> like, so, um, like I, I just think that it was it was probably like maybe it like came too young like but then like when I when I reached a point where like hey I like a boy this is bad because I can't act on it until I'm at least 22 and um you know and then like anyway I ended up like um well there's this boy that I really liked and we ended up like holding hands on a church trip and Scandal. I I just instantly thought I had lost everything that I was worth. Oh, gosh. It was so, like, I was just like, well, now I have nothing. Like, literally, just holding hands. And honestly, like, and I remember thinking, like, I had my hand on my leg, and he put his hand on top of my hand. And I was just like, is this this technically holding hands? Is this, and then I was just like, so, like, it took me, like, but I was still just like, well, it doesn't matter, because I'm not pure anymore, because I had impure thoughts, and I, like, yeah, like, and so I just, I felt like I just, within that, you know, five minutes that he had his hand on my hand i felt like i had just lost everything that that story's tough <laughs> <laughs> uh so i and you you've talked about this a little bit uh question two is uh did did any of that movement did it impact your perspective of relationships or relationships that you had which i mean it sounds like it impacted that relationship with the boy when you held his hand and it felt like your world came crashing down. Well, yeah, I mean, and then, like, I guess from that point forward, I just felt like every bad thing that happened to me was God punishing me for that. <laughs> oh, like, no. I, had, I had to switch schools and I did not want to switch schools and I felt like that was, like, like... I felt like that was because I clearly was not supposed to be in a relationship with somebody or... Um, I, I, I just kind of got to a point where I just thought that like I am I am impure and God is punishing me for my actions and like literally it never went any farther than that it was it was always just like you know it was like a first a first love kind of situation where like we held hands a few times and like we would talk on the phone a few times a week and we would occasionally see each other at school in the one class we had together and like that was that was the extent of it but just in my mind I had just like I had just really pissed off God. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I know. Like, it sounds ridiculous now, and I'm just like, 
I wish that had not been my first experience when a time that should have been like exciting and fun is just like in my mind in my, like even still I feel guilt about it like Oof. you know like yeah well, I, I don't know like well because it's, it's like it's 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 something that was ingrained and mm-hmm. it's hard to but it like and, and it, it should not have been so deeply ingrained because it wasn't like my home life it wasn't it wasn't something I was taught from a very young age it was just something that hit me at such an impactful time in my life yeah. that it made it it made it such that I don't think that like I don't think most of my relationships moving forward from that point were healthy. Mm. Like, so do you feel like your marriage now, like, do you think like you were able to overcome some of those negative feelings? Like, do you like, what, how do you, how do you handle your relationship that you're in now? I think probably sometime around college, um, when I started, I started, you know, taking, you know, theology classes and really understanding like, you know, the nature of God and things that have like a much broader world perspective than just me holding hands with a boy will make all bad things happen to me. Like, you know, like I think (laughs) just learning and growing through like, like realizing that not everything revolves around my experience with the opposite gender. Yeah. (laughs) Um, like not everything is punishment for me holding hands with a boy or me, uh, you know, just in general thinking a guy's attractive. Um, I think just broadening my perspective in general really kind of helped me come to a place where I realized there was a lot of foolishness in that. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, it also was just like a very selfish thing for me to think that I can cause bad things to happen because I, read this book and it doesn't necessarily line up with this book yeah which i read several times (laughs) the the i kiss dating goodbye yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh so then uh and you we kind of talked about it but last question looking back do you think that and it sounds like you kind of already answered this but i still want to ask it Mm -hmm. do you think that like the true love waits and the i kiss dating goodbye um, that the whole idea of the purity movement, do you think that had an overall positive or overall negative effect on you? I would say overall it had a negative effect because I really do wish like I had just not had that guilt about things that really just didn't matter. Yeah. Um, I wish I could look back at my time of, you know, like dating and, um, just having fun and, and, and not always like if I was hanging out with, um, with a male of any kind, I always always thought, well, he's probably having terrible thoughts about me. Oh gosh! <laughs> if I don't, if I'm not wearing, you know, like 17 layers of clothing, like I'm, I'm in the wrong here. Um, like I just think it probably, I think it would have been a lot better if I would have, um, been able to just enjoy my time getting to know guys in general because i didn't grow up with brothers or anything so and then not always thinking about it being such a bad thing to be friends with guys and being a bad thing to date them yeah so i i think just not just my romantic relationships but i think it had a negative effect on my overall just your ability to be Um, friends with the opposite sex yep well (laughs) (laughs) thanks joshua harris (laughs) you're a real jerk you're a real swell guy guy (laughs) Um, all right, so I that that's all the questions that I had. Um, do you have any final final thoughts or notes you wanted to add? You may not. Um, I don't think so. All right. Well, uh, again, I want to thank my s- special guest, Kristen, today. 
Uh, thank you for coming on. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> she was just shaking her head. Yes. Um, cool. Uh, hopefully we get to hear from you again sometime. Uh, if you have a comment that you would like to make uh, about these conversations, you have something to add, something to share, you're welcome to talk to us on Instagram or Facebook at According to the Technical Rules. Uh, there's also some various other social media where we can be found as well. Uh, thank you very much, and have a good one, guys. Bye. All right, that's where our friend Kristen's interview ends, and this is going to be where our friend Mary's interview begins. We're going to hop really close into the beginning, so I hope you enjoyed this conversation as well. Today, I have a friend of mine, uh, my friend Mary. Hello, Mary. Hi, I'm Mary. Um, we, we had some technical difficulties, so we are <laughs> sitting like two inches from each other in front of this mic. Uh, how are you today, Mary? I'm doing really, really well. Slightly, slightly comfortable. <laughs> slightly. Uh, on the, to be on the positive side. <laughs> slightly comfortable. Feeling good. <laughs> that, that glass is a quarter full, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so this is... Uh, Mary's been a friend of mine for a long time, and so I just have a few questions to ask Mary uh, about her uh, life experience with relationships and whatnot. So, Mary, uh, first question, were the ideas of the purity movement a part of your local culture? And as you answer that question, feel free to fill us in on specifically what your local culture was. Cool. So, I'm a... Vietnamese American. I'm originally from Springfield and my parents moved to Joplin when I was eight years old. They're both from Vietnam and so I, I come from a lot of different types of cultures. So I definitely come from the Vietnamese culture. I come from the American culture, you know, growing up in the Midwest, that type of American culture. And then also I'm Catholic and so I was brought up my whole life as a Catholic, a cradle-born. Uh, they, they call that a cradle-born? Yeah, when you're <laughs> you're a cradle Catholic. <laughs> so if you were born Catholic, that's what you are. All right. Uh -huh. So I'm a cradle Catholic. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so my words about the Catholic beliefs in church obviously don't represent the church. I can't say that. I'm not disclaimer. a priest. Yeah, disclaimer. Just like NPR. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Uh, so first, I'll, I'll start with the uh, Vietnamese culture aspect of how the purity movement uh, affected, affects Vietnamese people. Um, it didn't. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, we already have that type of really like hyper-extreme conservative culture okay and so men and women even in vietnam and amongst vietnamese people even in america are just extremely like um offended by pda and they they don't kiss they don't hug not even amongst family members i think it wasn't until my sister and i were much older when we really started being affection more affectionate with our parents because we made an effort to so even through my like teens oh, so you mean like even like showing physical affection to like yes. family members and right okay. yeah um, now unless it's a, a family member of the same sex then yeah we would somewhat we would be pretty affectionate with them especially if they're um our same age but even with our mom we were more affectionate with her than our dad uh it really shocked me to hear about friends kissing their fathers or you know like even 
doing a peck on the lips. Oh. It's really, really bizarre for me. And we we never grew up doing that with my dad. Okay. The most we would do is like a peck on the cheek. But yeah, our purity movement was just essentially our ingrained culture to be really conservative and that you, that I mean it's it's more about keeping face like you you keep an image and well and so mm-hmm. and so that would be at least on that part it, it seems like it's far far less like a cultural phenomenon or a movement and much more traditional values of that Vietnamese culture right all right and I mean Vietnamese people are mostly Buddhist they're not even Christians and so oh, there's not even that aspect of it right as well mm-hmm so um, another aspect of my culture is the American culture. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up in the Midwest, I consider myself a Midwestern girl. And my high school was very affected by the purity movement. I mean, it was a huge trend. Almost every girl I knew had a purity ring and they showed it off and talked so about was it. This, was this a private school or a public school? This was a public school okay. in my city. So they, I, I didn't know very few girls actually didn't have it and they were like more alternative or we we had actual very clear distinct groups of like oh they're emo and these are the druggy kids right (laughs) you were an 80s movie it's fine right exactly (laughs) you're an 80s movie and so the majority of the people i knew uh had purity rings and just kind of they kind of showed it off and so it was a point of pride. It was a point of pride. All right. Um, some were more humble about it and and obviously had uh, ingrained, like they just, they internalized their values more so than others on that shallow level. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, but I, I was never really a part of it, even though I was around it. The Catholic, like it didn't really catch on with the Catholic kids <laughs> so much. <laughs> So no, that's the sorry. That was it's it's you you put it in a funny way. So but but like that's a that's a, an important question. So coming from and again, you're not necessarily a complete representation of someone going through the Catholic Church. But as someone who grew up Catholic, that is like the purity movement or I kissed dating goodbye or anything like that was not really a part of your church culture as a whole. No, it wasn't. But it, it eventually became so. Like, I noticed that some Catholics would start wearing a purity ring because of the Protestant churches around, like, their friends were doing it, and they heard about it, and they are like, oh, that's a cool idea, I'll do it too. But there was no official movement within the church to gotcha. have that. Um, growing up through Sunday school, it was just taught to us that this is how you're supposed to be. We were never separated boys and girls to talk about, okay, this is how you're supposed to grow up um, being chaste or is it chaste or chaste? I don't know. (laughs) Chaste. I think it's chaste. We'll go with chaste. Okay. (laughs) So grow up being chaste. So we never really had that talk. and, And I would talk to some of my friends who did have, those purity rings and made those promises and and how they would be taken into a separate room than boys and basically told different things mm. and it was really interesting because as a catholic we did i mean i know that in youth rallies we may do that but in sunday school they never separated us they just told us your body is sacred it's holy it's reserved for god you need to stay pure for god and that's but that's mm. like that is not an exceptional like movement of doctrine like, that's that's been standard catholic doctrine for ever right, yes. right? yeah yes and uh so it was just to, growing up to me it was really silly 
to have a purity ring, but I can see how people wanted to have that as a symbol, right. as a reminder, to, to have that physical reminder there. But having grown up with it, it's just, it felt like something that was just a part of me. I didn't need to have it. So like you, like you, you already had the like standard Catholic doctrine, um, uh, but like in terms of like a culture of you should only date if you intend to marry or or stuff like that, you you had some of that culture around you in social circles, but was never really a part of like church culture or church life. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it wasn't very big. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So let's let's go to the second question. Um, I, I guess we've started. I, I mean, it might have. We might have already answered this. Uh, did it impact? Like, so you talk about your social circle, like be kind of being impacted. Like, it, it didn't seem like it impacted your perspective of relationships. Um, did you have any weird relationship things uh, because of it? Like, did you did you date a guy who like was wanting to marry you because simply because he had decided to date you or? Did you have anything weird like that? Or was it just kind of just awkward high school dating in general? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I did date. I, I was a notorious dater because I, I did. I mean, I wanted to get to know people. And so yeah. through high school, I dated a bunch of different types of um, boys. Right. And um, one of the boys I dated kind of sticks out as he said, because he saw me as someone he could see for life. Right. And it scared me because I was like, oh, no, this is just, we're just getting to know each other. That's it. You know, right. like, there's nothing more to this. I just wanted to go to a movie, have dinner, and that's <laughs> it. <laughs> like, get to know you. Right. Well, um, you're in high school. Yeah. yeah but he, he was, he, uh, like, right off the bat was really serious. Ooh. And just was like, man, you just are so amazing and it's just just such a shame that you're catholic but i think i can overlook that (laughs) and smooth um, talking (laughs) yeah but i embodied his ideals of what a upright woman should be and and potential future (laughs) wife and mother of his children would be and it scared me so we only had well i gave him another shot i usually I, back right. then I gave him two shots. <laughs> I gave him two shots and that was it. I never talked to him again. But yeah, it was it was very different. Well, so mm-hmm. you so it sounds like you had you had a, like a lot of little like casual dating, like go to a movie, get to know people, and then you had this one guy who was like, "No, I I am dating you kind of because I think that we could get married." And you were like, "I'm no, 17. Thanks though." Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, I think that answers that question. Um, and then the last question. <laughs> uh, so looking back on all of that, um, which again, it doesn't sound like it sounds like being Catholic. You you kind of avoided most of it. Um, do you think that there is uh, that movement in general because you saw it happening? Uh, do you think that it had an overall positive or an overall negative effect on you, or perhaps neutral? Uh. I'd say just neutral. neutral. It didn't really have either a positive or negative effect on me. I know I have friends where it's had an extremely negative effect on them mm-hmm. because once they've gotten married, they don't see um, affection or intimacy as something good. 
they they saw they see it they still struggle with seeing intimacy as something really bad mm. because they grew up just saying okay no this is to be avoided this will make you impure like it's not to be enjoyed it's it's bad and and now that they're married even years into their marriage they're still struggling with having a healthy intimacy with their husbands well even like and and like so i I think you're probably implying some physical intimacy but even it sounds like maybe even emotional intimacy as well yeah possibly yeah i was referring to physical intimacy but it's just i i see the impact that it had on those friends who were just following the rules and doing what they thought a good person a good christian um does and now they're just really struggling with it and even considering going to counseling for, oh, wow. for that type of thing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. well. Was that good? Was that yeah. answering? Uh, it's nice to have the perspective of some someone on the outside of the movement looking in mm. uh, and being able to say, hey, is this good? Is this bad? Yeah, it was kind of weird. Because you're, well, because there's no impact on you, but you see the impact on others and you can see mm. like, well, is this something that was good? Is this something that was bad? Um, because it, it doesn't really sound like even your, it doesn't sound like, like your experience with Catherine, God, why do I keep calling it Catherine? Catherine. Like you're not, you are <laughs> your experience with Catholic doctrine. Um, it doesn't even, it doesn't sound like that's had a negative impact on you, or at least you didn't speak of it negatively. No. Um, but you speak of the purity movement pretty negatively. Um, and so I, I just think that that comparison is interesting. Oh, so something you said brings up a point about um, the Catholic, like, purity movement. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's already ingrained into the doctrine and and in Sunday school for kids, even at a young age. But because of the movements in Protestant churches and and outside of Catholicism, uh, we even started adopting it, like I said, in our youth rallies. And so we, like, I started seeing some of the youth, like, separating going into different rooms to talk about like what like it was just really odd like for men oh so like you know men treat women well you need to treat girls this way and et cetera, et cetera. and then the women just had a completely different kind of talk you know like mm-hmm. oh you need to save yourself and and i think one of the priests <laughs> he who's actually my friend and he was he was telling me about what he was going to say to some of the youth was trying to describe your purity as like a piece of cake He's really into food. So he said every time you give yourself to someone, it's a slice comes out. No! And, and, you, <laughs> and they keep taking it out, and it's a piece of cake. And are you going to save any for your husband? And I'm like, dang, do you say that to the boys too? And he's like, I am now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's something that when uh, we were having that conversation with uh, Kristen and Alana, mm-hmm. like – that's like there were apparently there are all types of those metaphors of basically a woman's value is tied to her purity Um, because Mm -hmm. i don't remember that many conversations directed towards men because there aren't any there there there, (laughs) are hardly any if there yeah if there are there are almost none Mm -hmm. um because it's about the way that you're treating a woman um and for some reason it the the whole sense of purity falls on the laps of the the woman the girls like like they are the ones that can control the situation but that's not always the case you know so uh yeah i don't i yeah there's this whole like self-worth concept with purity and and like what happens when you already do it and you're already impure well why not just it's already done right you can't go back it's there's just something uh 
really scary and sad about that. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the big points we talked about, too. All right. So that about wraps it up. Uh, thank you, Mary, for coming and answering some questions and being interviewed. Of course. It was really fun. Good. I'm glad you liked it. Um, and thank you for listening, guys. If, if you, again, have anything you want to add to the conversation, uh, hop onto our Facebook at According to the Technical Rules, and you can let us know what you think. Um, otherwise, uh, we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the According to the Technical Rules podcast. If you'd like to contact the hosts, Matt is on Twitter at MattATTR and Sam is at SamJATTR. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, let's all play according to the technical rules.